last service last Sunday. If you missed it, we had an amazing service. Uh, Roy Barnhill was here to speak to us, to minister, and uh, he did a phenomenal job. If you want to, you can hear that message um, on the website. It's available for listening to, and I encourage you to go and give it a listen because it encouraged me. I needed it, um, and it will bless you also. So we've we started a, a, a series on the life of David, and uh, this is my second sermon from that series. I want to preach to you today under this title, Comfort in Trouble. Comfort in Trouble. We're going to go to 1 Samuel chapter 16 and verse 13. If uh, you have your Bibles, I won't be reading that yet, but I just I want to talk about comfort in trouble. And... Um, Life has troubles that it brings to us sometimes. Amen. Has everyone, anyone ever experienced some trouble in your life? Uh, we have trials. We have tribulations. We struggle. There's trouble. And uh, when I think about the life of David, I, I think about trouble. I think about the struggle that David had. I mean, we often, when we think about David, we think about those mountaintop moments of his life, but if you really go and you condense all of his life together, there was a whole lot of struggle and trouble in his life. I mean, it started out when David appears in Scripture, he starts out as being this overlooked, outsider, even at home kind of kid. The Bible says that he was the youngest of his brothers, and uh, even when Samuel went to anoint him to become king, he was overlooked. Even Samuel himself would not have picked David as the one that God was going to choose. As a matter of fact, in verse 7 uh, of 1 Samuel chapter 16, uh, verse 6, it says that whenever he looked on Eliab, he said, surely this is the Lord's anointed is before me. And the Lord said, no, you're looking at the outside appearance, what I'm looking for it's not physical stature. I am looking for something inside. I'm looking at the heart. Man looks on the outside, but the Lord looks at the heart. And Jesse's sons, all of them appeared to be perfectly good candidates for Samuel to anoint as king. He said, surely this one is chosen. But the Lord said, nope. You're looking at the wrong thing. You're measuring by the wrong thing. I'm looking at the heart. And so imagine... David, he starts out his life even being doubted. He's been anointed king, but he's still being doubted. I mean, when he goes to appear at wartime, and we know the story eventually fight Goliath, his own brother in verse 28 of 1 Samuel 17 doubts him and kind of even tries to belittle David. He says, uh, why did you come down here? And with whom have you left those few sheep in the wilderness? He's kind of belittling David. He said, I know your pride and insolence of heart, for you've come down to see the battle. He says, David, what are, what are you doing here? Where are those, those little bit of sheep that you've got that you keep? Do you just leave them in the wilderness? you leave them with someone else? Or are you just coming down here just to watch the battle? No battle was actually happening. But he wanted to belittle David. David was this outsider. He was belittled in his own family, and many theologians believe that he was the son 
of a harlot. David had trouble in his life. David, even whenever he starts toward the progression of eventually getting to the promise that God has for him, he's going to be king, it wasn't easy. David had to fight against the own, his very own nation that God had anointed him to be king of in order that he would possess the promise. And I, I want to tell someone this morning, all things God promises to you, they're going to come with a battle that must be fought. They will come with a battle that must be fought. But that does not mean that you don't have a promise, and it does not mean that God has not promised something in your future. You're going to have to fight through that battle. You think about David's life, family issues seem to cover the span of David's life. I mean, he was never without some kind of family turmoil that was going on. His father-in-law tried to have him killed. He survived by hiding from cave to cave. And he survived by living among his enemies. And he even acted insane at one point in order to escape being killed by the Philistines. All because his father-in-law tries to kill him. You think your father-in-law is bad. His wife made fun of his worship. First, Second Samuel 6 and 20. Whenever he comes in from worshiping before God, she kind of slights him and says, how glorious was the king of Israel today, uncovering himself today in the eyes of the maids of his servants as one of the base fellows shamelessly uncovers himself. Think about all of these moments of pain in David's life. His father-in-law is trying to kill him. The wife he survived for belittles him. And if that's not bad enough, his son Absalom raises up a rebellion against David, tries to rip the kingdom from his hands, and David is left fleeing from Jerusalem again, just as he did when he fled from his father-in-law. That's rough. That's, a, that's, that's trouble. That's a troubled life. David had his own faults, too. I mean, we know that David sinned, and David's sin brought him much suffering, as often sin does. It brings us suffering in our life. Committed adultery with Bathsheba and had her husband Uriah placed where he would die. But you know the result, and we don't often focus on the result of David's sin, but David's sin causes his infant son to die. He loses an infant son. I can, I can hardly imagine any harder trial in life than to lose a child. A few years later, his daughter is raped by his son. And that son is murdered by another son, Absalom, the one who tries to tear the kingdom from David's hands. David's life was full of of trouble. Some trouble came because someone else did something to him, tried to kill him. Some trouble came because he did his he created his own situation and his own sin. And some trouble just came because life does that. It brings trouble to us. But you would think that at some point David would 
finally have lost his mind whenever you look at it in that context of just struggle after struggle after struggle, trial after trial after trial, trouble upon trouble upon trouble. David should have lost his mind with all of these things happening in his life. Even when he gets on the throne, it's not just the enemies in his household, and it's not just the problems in his family, and it's not just people in the kingdom trying to take the kingdom from him. You would think there'd be a little bit of peace, but no, there's enemies on the outside of the country. There's Philistines and Moabites and Syrians and Ammonites and Amalekites and on and on and on. There's battles to be fought. There's trouble to be had. The trouble of life just keeps flowing David's way. How did David not lose his mind? How did David not eventually just quit? How did David not just give up? And how did David, how could he have just not started to think life is futile? In such a troubled history and troubled life, I'll tell you what it was that sustained David. It was the Spirit of the Lord. 1 Samuel 16 and 13, when he's anointed by Samuel to become the king, verse 13 says, Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him in the midst of his brothers. Now in the Old Testament, the oil is always represented being anointed. It's always a representation of the Spirit of God. But this verse even just plainly states it. It says, and the Spirit of the Lord came upon David from that day forward. From that day forward. He had the Spirit of the Lord. His life may have contained all of those troubles. It may have had all of those things come to him, but I'm going to tell you there's one thing that came into his life that helped him to get through all of those struggles and all of those troubles and endure all of those problems. It was that the Spirit of the Lord was upon him. Because it doesn't matter what troubles come in life as long as you've got the Spirit of the Lord with you, as long as you can feel the presence of God, as long as there's an anointing in your life, you can get through the trouble. You can find comfort. You can find contentment. You can be satisfied even though it seems like all of everything is coming against you. You see what we do sometimes. We say, well, that, that's David. David could endure those things. David was different from me. David was chosen to be king by God. That's, that's not me. But I want to tell someone today, your life may be full of trouble. Your life may be full of struggle. But if you can have the Spirit of the Lord in your life, you can make it. You can. In the Old Testament, the Spirit of the Lord would only come upon a few chosen people, priests and prophets and warriors that would lead God's people into battle or into a war for a certain season of time and even upon kings, as Scripture points out with David. But you see, 
in the New Testament, for you and I, it's not just priests and prophets and kings and a chosen few, but instead it is for all people. Joel wrote it down and prophesied. He said, it shall come to pass afterward. I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. What spirit? The spirit that was upon David. The spirit that ever since that day that Samuel took that horn of oil and started to pour it over his head, that spirit that dwelt on him, that spirit is for you and I today. He said, your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your old men shall dream dreams. Your young men shall see visions. And also on my maid servants and my my men servants and my maid servants, I will pour out my spirit in those days. What does that mean? Your life may be full of trouble. It may be full of struggle, but you don't have to go at it alone. You can have the same spirit that kept David. You can have the same spirit in your life to sustain you through the trouble. Jesus told his followers to wait at Jerusalem for that promise, Acts 1, 4 through 5. It says, being assembled together with them, he commanded them to not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, you've heard from me. For John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. What was Jesus saying? He's saying the Spirit that only came upon a few throughout Scripture, that same promise that you've been hearing from me, the thing I've been telling you that's going to come and going to help you through these troubles and these trials and these tribulations, that same spirit can be with you. If you'll go wait in Jerusalem, I have a promise for you that's going to come. We know that promise came in Acts chapter 2, verses 1 through 4, the day of Pentecost had fully come. They're all with one accord in one place, and suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. Then there appeared to them divided tongues as a fire, one sat upon each of them, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Same Spirit comforted David in his trouble. Same spirit, now available to all. The question becomes, well, how, 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 do I, how do I get that? I've not had that, so how do, I, how do I experience it? It's the same question that men in Acts chapter 2 were asking. They said, men and brethren, what shall we do? In verse 37, Peter said to them, repent. Let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. You shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. For the promise is to you, to your children, and all who are far off, as many as the Lord our God will call. It's easy. Repent. Be baptized into the name of Jesus Christ, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. The same experience they had, the same spirit that fell on David, the same spirit that was upon him from that day forward. That's what the scripture says. It says from that day forward, something in him changed, changed him. You see, it was David with the spirit of the Lord upon him. He had to go face Goliath. The spirit of the Lord was upon him. 
David could worship in the presence of hostility as Saul sat over on the side disturbed and threw spears at him because the Spirit of the Lord was upon him. It was because the Spirit was with him that he could endure, that he could sit there under that mounting pressure of a man that was going to be driven to try and kill him. Saul pursues him and hunts him like an animal hiding in caves. In his darkest hours of his life, David had the Spirit of the Lord upon him. No, it may not always be easy. No, it may not always be glamorous. It may be troublesome, but the Spirit of the Lord is there. He sins. Looks like David is going to lose it. Son dies. His family's coming apart. His daughter is raped. His son tries to dethrone him. The worst things in life imaginable are happening in David's life. The Spirit of the Lord causes Nathan, a prophet, to come, put his finger in his face and say, you're the one that's sinning. You're the one that's causing what's about to happen. And David repents and he writes Psalm 51, verses 1 through 12. I want to read to you. It says, have mercy upon me, O God, according to your loving kindness, According to the multitude of your tender mercies, blot out my transgressions. He's repenting. Wash me thoroughly from my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. For I acknowledge my transgressions and my sin is always before me. Against you, you only have I sinned and done this evil in your sight, that you may be found just when you speak and blameless when you judge. Behold, I was brought forth in iniquity and in sin my mother conceived me. Behold, you desire truth in the inward parts, in the hidden part. You will make me to know wisdom. Purge me with hyssop, and I shall be clean. Wash me, and I shall be whiter than snow. Make me hear joy and gladness that the bones you have, broke, you have broken may rejoice. Hide your face from my sins and blot out all my iniquities. Create in me a clean heart, O God. Renew a steadfast spirit within me. Do not cast me away from your presence. Notice what he writes next. Do not take your Holy Spirit from me. Verse 12. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and uphold me by your generous spirit. What was David saying? David was saying, if all of these things are going to happen, all of this trouble that's going to come as a result of my sin, I see that that's going to happen. But there's one thing I don't want to happen. Don't remove your spirit from me. Don't take away from me the thing that has given me comfort all these years, the thing that has kept me all these years. Don't withdraw your spirit from me because I can't live without your spirit. He was saying, don't take it. Don't remove your presence from me. He knew I cannot live and endure without the spirit of the Lord. I want to tell someone this morning, your life, you may have walked in heavy. You may have walked in thinking about the trouble that is on the outside. You may be thinking about the struggle that you've been enduring. You may be thinking about the issues in your family. You may be thinking about how someone is out to get you. You may be thinking about all kind of pressing matters that life brings to you. You may be thinking about the results of your own sin and the things that have happened in your life. But I want to tell someone today, your life may be full of all of those things 
things, but there can be comfort in the middle of that trouble. Whenever you have the Spirit of the Lord inside of you, when you have the Spirit of the Lord working in your life, you can walk through that trouble with your head held high and say, yes, it may be full of struggle, but I'm going to keep going in life because God has got a promise for me, and I'm clinging on to the promise that He's given me. I'm clinging on to His Spirit and the presence of the Lord. You may have came in here without that experience being filled with the Holy Spirit. You may not know what it is to live life from a certain point forward to having the Spirit of the Lord with you. And I want to tell you today, it's so easy. You can be filled with the Holy Spirit today. You can get renewed today. If you need a renewing, you can get renewed. You can repent of your sins today. If you have sin that is tripping you up and holding you back, you can repent of that sin today. You can be baptized if you've never been baptized been washed of your sins. You can be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. And I'm telling you, he will fill you with his spirit. You say, no, that, that just happened to David. No, that was just the, the apostles and disciples. No, I'm telling you today, it's for you. It's for you. It's for you. Acts chapter 2 and verse 39. Peter said, for the promise, promise of what? Spirit. He said, it's to you, to your children, to all who are afar off, as many as the Lord our God will call. David's life was full of trouble. Your life is full of trouble. But there can be comfort in the midst of the trouble. All you have to do is ask him, say, Lord, I want to be baptized in your spirit. I want to have your spirit upon me from this day forward. I want to know what it is to dwell in your presence. I want to know what it is to be like David saying, don't cast me away. Don't take your spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation. Uphold me by your generous spirit. I believe someone today, here in that place, you need to pray and say, Lord, restore to me the joy of your salvation. If you'd stand with me. Spirit of the Lord is here right now. And I'm talking to someone that you came in. You've, you've been struggling this week, this month, this year, 2020. You've been thinking about it. It's been just a struggle. But with the Spirit of the Lord, there's comfort. You can have comfort. You think about David's life, the struggle didn't go away, troubles didn't go away, those things didn't just disappear. But I'm telling you, there's something about having the Spirit of the Lord upon you. I cannot imagine facing trouble like what David faced without having the Spirit of the Lord. 
to endure such such hurts and pain. Someone needs to hear me today. The Lord is, is reaching for you. He wants to give you the strength that you need walking through this trouble. Lord, you see us here today. God, you see every person in every part of their life. God, you see the trouble that is upon them right now. You see the struggle they've been dealing with. You see the thing they brought in with them, the baggage, the weight. God, I pray that your spirit would do what I cannot, Lord. I pray that your spirit would go and begin to minister to them right now. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen, amen, amen. Every head bowed and every eye closed for just a moment. I want to let the Spirit of the Lord minister in this place.